Today on Lifelong Learning, we're focusing on some innovative ways QI education or quality improvement education is taking shape with a specific look at one academic center. QI education is an extension of what we've seen for years, meaning individual performance improvement education. But what is QI all about? That's our discussion today. Welcome to Lifelong Learning on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Alicia Sutton, and with me today is Dr. Chitra Subramaniam, Assistant Dean and Director for Continuing Medical Education at Duke Clinical Research Institute. She's also Assistant Dean of the Duke Center for Educational Excellence. Welcome, Chitra. We are glad to have you here. Thank you. Before we dive into some good examples, can't wait to hear, tell us a little bit more about what QI education, quality improvement education means to you and what you think it means to most people out there. If you look at the CME landscape, I think there is real transformation today that challenges as well as provides opportunities for innovation and thinking out of the box in terms of what the impact of education could be and how we can make a change in the environment. So quality improvement to me really is all about improving care, of course, and providing new ways of thinking about team-based care and team-based education mainly and getting together a group of people who are all focused on the patient and getting them to think about what's really important for the patient and making sure we're delivering the care appropriately. And the role that education can play is the exciting part of our profession and why we're here. So That's excellent. Obviously, we know our listeners, clinicians themselves, patient care has always been important to them, but it's a shift now because we're looking at a system when we're talking about quality improvement. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. But you have to also remember that in order to make a change in the system, you have to make a change in the individual. So we're really impacting people who are as individuals who collectively then create a change within the system. How is that system defined for you at Duke? Who's in that system? I probably think a little differently about this. So from my seat, where I sit, traditionally the system would be our hospital, you know, Duke Hospital, and then we have a Duke Regional Hospital, then we have Duke Raleigh, and, and all of our people within the network, and all of the lives that we impact, and all of the different providers and caregivers, care consumers, the families, the extended families. So that's the entire system. But within that system, I tend to include us educators and my CME office and my partners within nursing who offer continuing education as well as the Department of Pharmacy, who's now a part of our group, because we're all a part of that system, trying to create a change in behavior, the culture, the way we think about things, and how we can all work together to really help the patient. So for me, the system is everybody whose goal is the patient, of course, and we're all working towards the same Thing. Yeah, very much patient-centered on this effort. So what are you guys doing at Duke? Tell us some of the interesting improvement QI education initiatives that are going on there. Our transformation started really, if you look at the Duke Office of CME, our transformation started probably about two and a half, three years ago when we realized that the whole education enterprise is changing and we needed to change to 
sort of meet the new needs or the emerging needs of the market. So we have moved from the university, the School of Medicine, which is traditionally where the CME office sits, and this is credit to Dr. Bob Harrington, who was the director of DCRI at that time, and Kathy Grichnik, who was the associate dean of CME, and I was working for her, who felt that it would be a great idea to sort of move the education arm into DCRI, which is the Duke Clinical Research Institute. One of the things that DCRI does great, if you know, we are one of the largest academic research organizations and tons of mega trials and data that's being output publications and a lot of different things, but the organization itself felt that we were not doing enough in terms of educating people and disseminating the information we get from our research and so felt that education needs to be a pillar or an important aspect of the institute so that we can then help in the dissemination and adoption of best practices, so and evidence-based practices. We moved over there, and that provided us with the infrastructure that the Research Institute has, which is access to faculty, research networks, our informatics group, our biostats people, our publication department. I mean, there's a variety of things that came with it, and also the extensive support of the organization itself. And that does sound like a quite an inflection point to bring education and research departments, for lack of a, a big comprehensive word there, but bringing the education and research together is really kind of required when you think about true QI. Yeah, absolutely. So if you really look at you know where we are, where we are today, we're at this intersection of research, education, and quality improvement, and how does that fit together and what does that really mean right and and how do we sort of work together and I believe that continuing education is sort of the bridge or the glue that can bring all the three together um, and it's interesting because in a system like we're all doing different things with the same goals and different silos and we're all having great ideas and as now as a CE department we're trying to bring all of that together and help people also understand that, hey, we got a role to play here and we could probably help, So, which has been a great experience for us. If you're just joining us, you're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Alicia Sutton, and today I'm speaking with Dr. Chitra Subramaniam, and we're speaking about QI or quality improvement education. So now you've combined some of these great minds down at Duke, different expertise levels between research and education. Can you tell us about some of the educational programming that you've done that might have shown you some different results because of that? We're now focusing more on the QI aspect of things. So recently we worked on a proposal that is in review for a QI project in COPD. So take a step back. One of the things we're trying to do is to align our efforts with the efforts of the health system, you know, we heard a lot about the regulatory drivers and the reimbursement drivers and things that are disruptive forces changing the whole landscape. So we already had an initiative going on within the hospital for readmission rates in COPD and introducing a new care design model to sort of improve patient follow-up and communication with patients regarding COPD and its treatment. So we aligned ourselves with that and expanded that a little bit and introduced uh, sites you know, within Duke as well as one of our partners, which is the University of North Texas, and put together a proposal for a QI program that looks at readmission rates and hence impact on costs for a hospital. So that's a great project that we think we want to sort of expand on and build upon once we're successful. The other interesting thing is we, we do a lot in Hep C. 
So we have performance improvement programs in Hep C, which really look at appropriate screening and therapies for patients with Hep C. We launched a telemedicine project with having two consultant physicians with rural practices in West Virginia for treating Hep C patients, which was also based on quality measures and sustainable viral response rates after treatment. Actually, we have an interesting 3DI simulation project, which is a QI-based project on team-based communication and uh, transitions of care. And it's an immersive environment where people go into and work as a team to treat the patient and and we measure communication effectiveness. And I can imagine the professionals, the learners in that environment appreciate the interdisciplinary working with the team and seeing different outcomes for the patients that way. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a significant appreciation once the results come out as to how they believe that they were doing, you know, what they were supposed to do. But then sometimes when they see the data, it's a great eye-opening thing. And and especially in the area of the communication, the transitions of care and coordination of care, those areas are pretty exciting, eye-opening data that we get. That's great. The ReachMD listeners are clinicians, and they're also learners and educators alike. So for those that perhaps aren't operating in or functioning in institutions that are larger, that have QI departments, how can they start to think about bringing quality improvement education to what they're doing, whether it's a small practice, a medium size, a large inside or outside of an institution? Are there some ways they can think about QI? I always think that we are doing some form of QI. When you think of traditional CME and if you're in an enterprise that does not have access to patient data, that we think of knowledge and competence as an outcome, but we also sort of do subjective performance and try to pull some performance data together. Now, you're taking this a notch further and saying, now let's observe physicians in the actual performance and let's look at objective data from the EHR or some chart audit and then let's see what they're doing. So so QI frameworks provide us a way to structure and design our programs so that we can achieve higher level outcomes. So you probably have already taken a step and you're thinking about it, but the best way to do it if you're a smaller organization and don't have access to, are not like like the Dukes, <laughs> to collaborate and partner. I think in this space, it's hard for each of us to be by ourselves and achieve greater things. We're stronger together. And I think even with Duke, we see ourselves wanting to partner and wanting to um, establish relationships with people who complement our strengths. I think that's where I would start. But not to be overwhelmed by this aspect of QI, but take one step at a time and see where we can go. Put your crystal ball out there and think what it might look like, say, three to five years from now when we have pretty much integrated the Affordable Care Act basically on the data level and we now have access to the data. What do you think that's going to change on the landscape for us in terms of patient care, say, three or five years from now? I have to say there is a lot more awareness of what needs to be done today than we were maybe a couple of years ago. Not that we were not sensitive about patient care. I think everybody works towards that. But I think some of these forces have made you think about it on a regular basis. And the CMOs and the CFOs and COOs and everybody around the hospital and the physician uh, is now thinking about performance and thinking about what it means to be patient-centric. So there is increased awareness, which is great, which is the first mm-hmm. step, right? But to me, it, it's 
quality starts local, but it's a process. It's a process. Change, behave, behavior change is a process. Learning is a process. So it's going to take us some time to make a big change and impact. But I think all of us are in it together now. Everybody's aware. We're, it's a movement. So, so really, we're moving in this together. So hopefully, my hope is that in, in three years from now, we're starting to correct our behaviors and we're making changes that will lead to become the building blocks to where quality care becomes a norm and it's a part of everyday thing that we do and we don't have to sort of put so much emphasis on it like we are doing today. I think the regulatory and the other needs that are on physicians puts a great amount of pressure on them and and I always say I, do, I don't want to be a physician today <laughs> and hopefully the CE enterprise is able to really support them and be a partner in providing all of the resources and tools that they need. I don't think we are doing that effectively enough but hopefully we get to that point where we are a partner and support them and their needs. It's not just about the learning, but it's also about the logistics, the tracking, all of the million things that they have to do in addition to providing you know, patient care. What role do you see for educators, those that are involved in continuing medical education development and delivery and measurement? What role do they have in QI? moving forward. We have significant challenges as well as significant opportunities that the QI landscape offers for us in education. I think education is an integral part of learning and change is an integral part of improvement. I believe that we are sort of the glue or a bridge that's able to connect research data, publications, evidence-based medicine to the application of it in real practice and then going further to evaluate care models and other things that are in place and be sort of border on the implementation science and research aspects as well. But through effective collaborations, I think we're able to, or we could, with effective interventions along with education because education alone cannot do it. it. It has to be a mixture of things. So along with education, we would be able to bring in some significant impact on change in behavior and hence improved outcomes for the patient. Sounds like a lot of promise out there that we can look forward to with everybody's collaboration. Thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate your insights. Thank you again, Chitra. Thank you for having me. This is Alicia Sutton, and you've been listening to Lifelong Learning on HMD. With me today is Dr. Chitra Subranamiyam. I want to thank her for her time. To download this segment, go to ReachMD.com or download the podcast on your ReachMD mobile app. Thanks for joining us.